Hello and welcome to the 19th episode of the Dirty Side of the Grid podcast where we've turned up late to qualifying but since I've slipped a fiver to the new stewards we're going to start on pole position. <laughs> I'm Yusuf and this is my co-host Muhammad and today we're going to be talking about uh, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix or the second race of the season or very interesting. I don't know I, I said or and then Why I, ran out, of, <laughs> I ran out of stuff to say. It, like summarize like, let's say, the race in a few words. And kind of bear in mind, we, we said last time, it was kind of like, what, what do you say? It's a proof of concept. Yeah. Thoughts on that and thoughts on, like, the race overall? Uh, is it good? Not good? Well, like, everyone's, you know, suddenly now, like, uh, oh, they can follow each other. They can race. This is incredible. Two teams. The fight's going to go to the end. I'm, I'm always a bit wary. I don't want to, like set expectations too high based off two races out of 23 especially with the season so long now exactly yeah but you know it's they are looking like they can follow it is looking like red bull and ferrari are sort of equalish on pace obviously everyone talks about certain teams having lots of potential to unlock in their car but what if red bull has some incredible upgrade that puts them half a tenth ahead or not half a second ahead of ferrari and then they win the next four races like it could go either way, but at the moment, it's good. There's a battle at the front. Perez got very unlucky, and there were some decent fights. I think I think following in general is not just at the front, but even in the midfield, you get yeah. a lot of good kind of... Uh, it's interesting even at the back. Like, even at the back of the grid, you're getting, like, some decent overtakes. It's fairly interesting. It's not like... It used to be the case where you got, like, these two guys at the back who are just following... But now is the case where you've got a few teams at the back who are actually fighting with each other. You've got a few teams in the midfield. There is, a, I'd say, a performance gap. Like, it's fairly evident last time between, like, you have Red Bull and Ferrari, then Mercedes. Then you've got kind of, like, most of the midfield. Then you've got, like, McLaren and Williams at the back. Yeah, or Aston Martin, I guess, is kind of... Yeah, I'd say in that ballpark, a park, a ballpark range. Yeah. But I'd say this time McLaren have fixed their brake issue and you can see like they had a bit more performance this week. They were a lot quicker. Definitely, yeah. They were in and around kind of the points throughout the race. So I'm interested to see like that's one car that has a lot of potential. The Mercedes as well. Um, the Alfa Romeo as well. The Haas. I think there's a lot more kind of interesting stuff happening in the midfield. I would like I am very interested to see if uh, like one of the midfield team catches up to the front. Especially Ooh, with extra that's time. That's true. We've never because, seen that before, yeah. Because then it would make it very interesting if, say, like, Alfa Romeo has a car that's suddenly, like, quick enough to get, like, not even pole, but, like, say, P3. Yeah. Consistently. So then it makes it very... Like, I feel like this year... Like, with last year, I think you could have guessed where everyone would have... Fin- if, like, if everyone did their job and no, like, crashes and stuff, you kind of guess where everyone is. Where I think this year is it's a bit different. I think, like, you can't guess... Like qualifying, you can't guess the race, even if everything goes perfectly smooth. I think with with every everything being so close, strategy is very important. Tire management is very important. Overtaking is very interesting now because they overtake and then you got like that weird part where you get DRS oh, and yeah, pass because they're too close. They're so close to each other that you just get it back. And it's very interesting, like, we're stopping slowing down and, like, they're fighting all the We'll get into that stuff, definitely, yeah. But I'd say it's made, it's made overtaking very interesting because it's not, like, 
like you know like Lewis with the Mercedes they just go around the outside and like you're never gonna see him it's like 20 seconds at the front yeah it's not like that even overtaking is very difficult now like, the race was decided by half a second like that's exactly. very big so. yeah so I, I'm very impressed by last race and, and this race is like last race was a bit more comfortable for Ferrari I think the what they did with running the high downforce did not maybe like benefit them as much perhaps like the strategy could have been better maybe but I think overall like I, I think the proof of concept is a thumbs up I guess well so I guess to set us off into the whole weekend we've got to start with the 60 second summary yeah but you're doing it this week you're trying to convince me to do it like well am I really doing it this if you turn on your laptop I can do it okay fine I'll give you a week to prepare, not a week. Like A week? What? Next race, you're doing the... No, I'm not doing it next race. No, you do it next race. No, nah, this, this is your one. thing, bro. This is your thing. This is all you. I don't remember what's happening. No, you, you time it. I don't want to see the time. Oh, so I'm doing it next. All right, okay, you just so, time yeah. it and I'll say this. Cool, so I guess you're doing this yeah. one. We'll stick with Yusuf, the usual tried and tested. And then you would do it next time. Muhammad's doing it next time. The 60 seconds. So. Alright, fine. Cool. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I want to think. So. And in three, two, one. Go. Mick Schumacher went a bit overboard in qualifying. He did kind of what Tsunoda was doing last year. But it makes sense since last year he didn't really drive in a proper car. So he's overdriving the car. Be interesting to see kind of like him learning from that and getting better. I think that was kind of. Uh, practice wasn't that interesting this time because we kind of know where everyone is. Qualifying is very interesting. Lewis Hamilton out in Q1, which is wow. Uh, battle for pole position was very, very interesting. We didn't get as many safety cars as I thought possible, but uh, there was an issue with safety with the bombing and then an issue with safety with like Mick Schumacher's 33G crash. And then the race was fairly interesting. McLaren is a bit more competitive. Uh, Verstappen and Leclerc were up there together. Perez is very unlucky Latifi is out twice in a row Williams are very very bad uh, I think Aston Martin and Williams are kind of pushing to the back with the kind of Guan Yu Zhou or Zhou Guan Yu kind of being one of them and I think McLaren starting to kind of pick it up which is interesting and uh, George Russell did very well to kind of keep keep up with them and kind of protect from the Alpines and we got a very good battle between uh, Alonso and uh, Ocon and it was very interesting to see Haas kind of getting involved with that and he got Bottas overtaking and stuff. Um, and what's his name? Ocon can't... If, if he's in a pink car, he has to fight with this team. Eh? <laughs> like, that has to happen. How much yeah. time do I have left? That was 1.25. Seriously? Yeah, that was 1.25. So before you... Uh, before you mentioned George Russell, mm-hmm. that was a minute. I just mentioned stuff after that because of their... Like, I was like, man, no. <laughs> I thought you'd stop me. No. I wanted, okay, to, see how long, I wanted to see how long you'd go on for. No, it's alright, it's not too bad for me. It's not too far off, we'll see. I can't really talk too much if I'm doing it next week, so I don't want to... We'll see what happens. This is the first time I've actually over, like, overrun. Yeah, I feel like... Because you usually, like, I can see your thumb going to stop. <laughs> you didn't stop, so I thought I had, like, so much time. Uh, anyways, anyways, we start, we start, I think we'll start with, uh, like, before qualifying. So there was... We'll the, yeah, before qualifying. For everyone who doesn't know, there was an incident where there was a terrorist attack, I guess that's what it's... So a missile does. strike. In yeah. uh, an Aramco uh, oil facility in Jeddah, and um, essentially there was like 
concern over whether the race should go ahead or not, uh, whether like the drivers felt safe or not. Uh, the team principal seemed uh, on board. They yeah, the so they drivers had the took like four, four or five hours. The the drivers normally have a meeting after Friday practice. That went on until like two thirty a.m. local time. Uh, so yeah, they spent like four hours discussing this kind of stuff with senior people in F one and also the Saudi like. They had Saudi representatives there as well. I'm guessing it'd be like someone from the defense ministry or something. Like it is interesting to see if that had like something to like, you know, like the guys who didn't perform as well, were they kind of a bit off? Uh, not just in terms of drivers, but in terms uh, of also like, like people on like the pit wall and stuff. Because obviously going through something like that, especially like because it's like you can see it's like right over there. It's yeah. obviously a bit unnerving. Um, especially if you've never experienced anything like that before, it kind of might push you off your game a bit. Um, there were also actually worth mentioning, three team principals came up with horrific statements about, like obviously you kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but Helmut Marco came out and said, uh, Max wasn't afraid, but Checo kind of was, but he should be used to it coming from Mexico City or something like that. Something along the lines of implying that Mexico City is like dangerous. It, it wasn't great. Toto Wolf then said, um, we can't judge, uh, we can't compare situations or judge it that much because, you know, maybe in the Western world, if you have a missile strike very close to a track, you wouldn't go ahead with it. But uh, here it's part of their culture. He used the word culture as like a thing. So you could tell where he was trying to go with it, but it came out horrendously wrong. It was really bad. And then Andreas Seidel also said something really bad. Like I actually can't remember what he said, but I know Andreas Seidel said something really stupid as well. Can we just talk, before we keep going, like, before I forget, I just want to mention how, you know, it spoke last time about how they say Bahrain, but as the locals say Bahrain, yeah. and they say, they, they say, you keep saying Jeddah. It's Jeddah. Oh, yeah. What's yeah, yeah, Jeddah? Yeah. Jeddah. Why is Jeddah? Jeddah, ah. like the cheese. It's, it's the Jeddah. It's Jeddah. Why is Jeddah, bro? It just, it irritates. You know how Bahrain, you know, like, I didn't realize the whole Bahrain thing. Bahrain. But like, Jeddah annoys me so much. Like, come on. I don't mind that one as much purely because like, they do Bahrain, which is like horrendously wrong, but it's like the English way of pronouncing it, I guess. But then they'll try and do, oh Bahrain yeah, the locals say so... Bahrain, like it's... When you're trying to like say it properly and then still say it wrong, that's when it's annoying. But I'm I'm trying Jeddah. to find this and try to side or quote, but I actually like I'm trying to see what he said. I'm guessing it's just something along Twitter. the lines of But it was yeah, it was very similar to the other stuff where it's just I don't know, it just really brings out how like detached from reality these people are because like you need to be very careful with what you said and with what you say in general and what you're implying as well. Yeah, exactly. There's just a lot of, I don't know, like, there's a big spotlight on F1 at this point, And they always use the same excuse every time, which is, uh, like, if you want to justify going to places in the world, I understand, like, you can't, there's a line, you need to decide where the line is in terms of where politics crosses over in sports and stuff. And if you want to show statements and solidarity, cool. If you want to race in countries where they've had a bit of a dodgy past, then cool. Because I guess, realistically... Every country has had a dodgy Every past single country would be taken... Like, America, we're going to America, like, in the start of May. The war crimes they've committed is horrendous. So if we're still going to America, that's... It's, I don't know. But then, like, to justify it, their, justify, their justification is always... 
when we go to these countries, we set an example or something, or like we can show exposure and like whatever. Mm. So they're acting as if you know F one just going to Saudi Arabia is going to be gonna like change their culture. It's trying to change the entire world. Like oh yeah, we have a race in Saudi Arabia, and then we show them how cool Western life is, and then you know we come in, and then they're gonna go oh you see that F one race that was good. You know what we should do? We should overthrow our dictatorship and completely change how we run our country. Like we're gonna get arrested for this. <laughs> The sound is coming from. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, if you want to justify it, cool, but come up with a stronger way of doing it. Or I at least to come up with a proper angle. I think it's just the way they said it that maybe came out very wrong. Like, I think, obviously, if you, if you live in the Middle East, you will have probably experienced something like this at some point. But that doesn't mean it's, it's part of the culture or, like, the way in which it came out is just very wrong. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. with everything that's happening, if you say, uh, since the Middle East and the instability, people have most likely experienced something like this. I'll be like, okay. But when you say it's part of the culture, it just comes out as like... Uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't help, especially recently with the whole quotes that are coming out from all these journalists about Ukraine and stuff. It's just... It, it doesn't look good on anyone. Like, I don't know, it's bad. The problem is they're trying to run both ways. Like, mm. instead of... Instead of saying, okay, we're not mixing sport and politics at all, we're still going to race in Russia, we're still going to do no, all of this no, stuff, we're going to be completely... Some, but not all. That's what I mean, it's just kind of like, well, where do you draw the line? And if they need to decide, obviously, there is a line to be drawn, so you need to be active and say, like, this is where but we're I'd doing much it, rather this is why. You cut, fully, cut it fully out of sport, or... Both are wrong. Or, less, like, I don't, I don't, I actually, like... I I wanted I don't want Nikita Mazepin to be in F one, but I disagree with him being removed, because same yeah like the guy didn't really do very much, like obviously it's funny to to look at him setting <laughs> up the foundation and stuff, that's kind of funny <laughs> yeah but as in in terms of he 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 complied with all the rules they they put on him for he, context he he set up a foundation similar to Lewis's on a like a to help diversity and stuff. Yeah. To help drivers or athletes who have been kicked out of sports based on uh, political situations and stuff. I, I disagree with that because he complied with everything the FIA and the team wanted. And so I don't see why that's like, he didn't really, at that point I didn't think he deserved that. You know, like he didn't go yeah. and like, if he'd went and showed like the political whatever it was, like he, he, he said something. Be like, okay, yeah, maybe. If he but he didn't it, yeah. do, he literally Whatever, like he was at, at that point, he was like, whatever you want me to do or say, I will do and say that, you know? So I, I just felt that was a bit unfair, to be honest. But I think moving on, talk about like yeah, that. Yeah, I say, well, that's the, that's the one thing. That's the, the big side there. Obviously, F1, not very proactive in general with things. They were even it's slow to really, kick. It's never really they've always been like that. They were even slow to kick Russia off the calendar. So they, you know, it happened after they uh, moved the Champions League final from Russia, like, FIFA all the, all the things, all yeah, all the major sports did things, and then F one came last, which is what yeah, we'd expect. F one's always been kind of like very slow to adapt. Yeah, because right. it's like you know, old people, no, no, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's called like a billionaires' clubs, like or, no, yeah. no, it's an old gentlemen's club, you know. So it's very slow to react in that sense. So I I do understand that part of it, but I think with what's happening now, yeah, like F one has to be a bit more agile and kind of adapt to the situation a lot quicker yeah they need to figure out where they're trying to do it because fair enough you can't kick every race out of the calendar you're going to need to go to it is a world championship mm. but then also you can't completely separate 
like you can't be completely blind and ignore everything because at some point it's got to sink in realistically. Either way, uh, a lot of people didn't want the Jeddah circuit or Jeddah. I'm doing it now as well. This is bad. The Jeddah circuit on the uh, calendar anyway. Uh, for safety, safety reasons, reasons yeah. so this is not related to MSI it's just no yeah so completely layout. unrelated they don't like the track layout it is the fastest street circuit circuit on the calendar a lot of blind corners they've adjusted the barriers to try and help with that but still a lot of people have a lot of like safety I concerns. honestly like like Max was saying you know the twisty part of the circuit is like just just make it flat like like a straight I just think that's dead like I, I agree with them like widening it a bit so you kind of get a sense of where you're going a bit better. But Baku at certain points is worse. Like, you know, the castle part that's like this oh, big. Oh, yeah, but I guess the difference they're trying to say there so is it's slow. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, but I think that's the thing. The twisty part of the section, like the, that twisty part. Oh, to be fair, the, that's not that bad to be honest. It's know. the same as Baku. Uh, so coming out of the final proper corner in Baku, it's like... It's not as I'm trying to describe it. So, like, uh, once you get out of the castle section, there's a fast bit where uh, Pierre Gasly actually almost ran into the back of his teammate. Left-hander, you go down the hill, another left-hander. At some point around there is the end of sector two. And then you go full throttle into, like, a left-right kind of dancing bit. And then you get the DRS line, and then you go through the main straight, which is really long. That kind of twisty bit just before the DRS is very similar to, like... It's a shorter version of the Saudi bit. But it's not as flat out as the Saudi one. I think that's the concern is the Saudi one, you are going pretty much flat out through it. And so if you do get in accidents, like, like the Mick Schumacher was involved in a 33G accident, which is obviously very, very, like, very intense. Uh, but the car was designed a bit differently this year to kind of absorb the impact and protect the driver a bit better. And it did his job. Uh, he's, he's, he's yeah, do you want to mention the, the Mick incident? Uh, yeah, that's why I just mentioned. No, but I'm saying like going to like what actually. Oh like yeah, so he like. he basically he overdrove the car. I think that's the the best the best way of saying it is like if you don't get what that means, just go and look at Yuki crashing the whole. <laughs> you trying you basically you you extracting a bit more than the car has to give, and what ends up happening is perhaps you lose a bit of grip, uh, you end up losing control of the car to a certain degree, and you end up smacking in the wall. Uh, obviously, w with certain uh, like tracks, you've got a lot of room to kind of get out, maybe join in, or just be stuck in the just gravel. Go over the white line. Uh, with with the Jeddah, you're just in the wall. Uh, and yeah. I think that's the exciting part. I think there is no track like Jeddah, and I really like that. And we haven't had like big like we've had like Formula Two racing there, like the we had Formula One. We haven't had any like major incident. Like I don't know, I say major incident like. Mick is fine, there's nothing really like that much. And I think it's a very interesting track. I think maybe widening the track would be something to look at. But I yeah. don't think changing the layout is very feasible because it's only on the like it's only on the yeah, here's the like thing. So a year or two. It was meant to be this was meant to be the last race in Jeddah and then they'd go and build an entirely new race for Saudi Arabia next year. So still within the same country but somewhere else, I'm not sure where. It's looking like apparently construction for that circuit hasn't even started yet so, so it's looking like Jeddah might be on the calendar next year i think it's a i i i, I think it's probably one of my favorite tracks i think 
having the helmet view this this year has oh, added oh, yeah, added yeah. so much. I don't think Bahrain Bahrain didn't it didn't add much to Bahrain to be honest because Bahrain is kind of like a traditional circuit in that sense. Yeah. But with with Jeddah, especially like that first part where it's like you know you go like that twisty part of the, the of the track and you're just looking at them and like they just keep going like it's <laughs> so it's actually is is like I think people say ah oh, I can drive a Formula One car. And then they just see that and they're like, it's moving by so quickly. And like, especially with the bouncing of the car now, like you can see how oh, yeah, how strong yeah. the vibrations are and how difficult it is to actually control the car. So whoever says you can drive a Formula 1 car, don't trust them. They don't know what they're talking about, basically. But yeah, after qualifying, we had that incident with, uh, I think that was Q2? Q2. What happened in Q4? Uh, Mick crashed in Q2. Yeah, he crashed in Q2. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. After Lewis, Lewis got wasn't involved in Q1. in Q2. Knocked out in Q1 for the first time <laughs> since Brazil 2017. Don't cry. First time on pace since don't, don't cry. Silverstone 2009. He, he was very slow. Yeah, it was really bad. So what they're saying is he made the, the team made slight changes. Uh, on George's car and on Lewis's, Lewis's clearly didn't work at all, and then he had too much front end, so it was yeah, slightly. He was saying that the car is very nervous, but what I keep hearing now is that you know it's interesting that Lewis is performing badly. Let's say by his he's performing badly, and right. and I'm 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 hearing a lot of like. Ah, he's only he was only winning because he was in the best car. You know, it's the same uh, same tape like Sebastian Vettel had to go through. Oh yeah, but yeah. So Vettel got a lot of the whole he can't overtake because he'd just get pole and win the race. So people said he couldn't overtake, and now they're doing the same thing with Lewis. Saying yeah, I think I think hard. Sebastian staying at Ferrari for a few years did really like it did a lot for his brand image and like people now like him. People back then yeah, didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, Lewis needs a while of that, but I guess Lewis like. I don't think once he's done with the sport, I don't think Lewis will stay in the sport. So I don't think he cares as much. Yeah, the thing is, I feel like Lewis driving around at the back wouldn't make people like him. It would just, like, I don't know. I feel like him retiring, mm-hmm. and then you give it a bit longer, then they'll like him. Yeah. But I, I think there's perhaps a difference we'll in character. Uh, Sebastian has that jokey bit. Lewis is not, does not really have that as much. Not anymore. He definitely shows it, and he has it, like... Sometimes he'll come out of it, but like in general media, he won't do that stuff. But anyways, Lewis out in Q1, Uh, we go to Q2, we have the big accident, we delayed for quite a bit while they're clearing the track. I say that's the one thing with Jeddah that's a bit difficult, is removing the stuff. I will say they are using the safety car a lot this year, and they're not just red flagging everything. Last year, they were just red flagging everything. It's so stupid. And they are giving the the safety car enough time. Yeah. They're not just bringing it in quickly. So I'd say, like, they are definitely, like, improved that part of it. I'd say in terms of stewarding as well, like, the past two races have been good in that sense. Uh, We haven't, like, all the major major issues have been solved very quickly. And I don't think, really, we've seen the stewards get involved that much. Um... But it's, it's been relatively clean. Uh, I think going into qualifying, we had that Verstappen... I thought it was going to be between Verstappen and Leclerc for the pole. Oh, yeah, the fight, and yeah. then And then Perez just came out of nowhere and... It's and incredible, yeah. So like, his first pole position at arguably the hardest track 
to take pole position. Like, it is yeah. the hardest track to drive, let's be honest. Like, I know people say Monza's, uh, sorry, Monaco is difficult for like pole and stuff, but I'd say Saudi is probably the, yeah. the, most, the, the most difficult, especially because of the amount of forces your body's going through. It it's is, longer, it's, realistic. It's, a lot, it's a lot quicker as well. So, you, like, with Monaco, it's quite slow, so, like, certain parts are quite slow, so you can, you know, yeah. get out of breath. With Saudi, you don't have that chance until maybe the last corner, and then it's just straight. It's so. too late, yeah. But yeah. you're right, so, like, Leclerc did his classic thing where he, he's on pace with science, and then in the last runs, he just puts four tenths on science out of nowhere, which is surprising because science, I think, had provisional pole. So it was looking like he might actually get his first pole position. But then it went to Perez, who's got the record now for the longest wait for a pole position. They said 215 races, which is insane, to be honest. I think his the debut was The only one was Mark Webber with like 118 or something. Like. Also a Red Bull driver, surprisingly. So there's that. Old Red Bull driver as well. No, <laughs> no, an academy driver. Red Bull second driver. Yeah. Also a number two. Well, I think like if you, if you look at the race overall... I think there are like certain things you can, we have to kind of touch on. Yes. So. We'll start with the front, right? Do you want to start, start with the, the front? Part? Yeah, we might as well start with the interesting bit. We'll start with the battle. We'll jump about a bit. Okay. We'll start with the I, I, I think what I want to talk about is, like specifically, is the Verstappen-Leclerc kind of we'll relationship. Yeah. Yes. I think we had a lot of like very, very interesting battles. It's very easy to kind of overtake... But then you get like the DRS and then it's very interesting with that stuff. I think it makes it a lot harder to overtake now. And yeah. it makes it very interesting because you can't just go around the outside or, you know, dive bomb and overtake. See, but what do you think of that? Because I've also heard the opinion. I was like, I listened to a few F1 podcasts that like come out on Monday before we record this. And basically there was a split, right? Some people love the little battling for the DRS line, you know, it's cool, it's trying to be smart. It's I think cool. it's dangerous, especially in South They mentioned dangerous, but on top of that, like, there's the other way where you say, like, it's stupid, like, it's dangerous, it's it's not actually racing, they're, like, they're stopping before a line to make sure you have DRS so you can pass into the first corner, like, do you see how I think, that's I think bit? I think the, the whole stopping, I think, is extreme, Yeah. but I think before that, where they kept switching positions, so I think that was very interesting, like, exactly like Bahrain, uh, yeah, I think the the whole like slowing totally down that was insane to be honest. Yeah, uh, but I the one thing I really wanted to speak about there is a lot of respect between the two of them, and why I kind of noticed and I, I wanted to kind of see your opinion on this is when I think Leclerc is giving him a lot of respect, uh, but I yep. see like for, when you look at their relationship compared to Max and Lewis. I think Max gives him a lot more respect than he ever gave Lewis. Yeah. Not, not in the sense of respect in terms of a person, but rather on the racetrack. And I feel like he, he knows that if he goes into a corner with Lewis, if he goes into like this corner and he puts his car there, Lewis, even if it's Lewis's corner, Lewis most likely will give up the corner and give Max the position because he doesn't want to crash. And you let Max pass and then get him with strategy or whatever. Whereas with the Leclerc, I feel like Max knows that if he goes in for something like that, Leclerc would just won't happen. <laughs> like, he yeah. will crash. He, he will not. No, move. fully, yeah. He doesn't care. And, and I, feel like, puncture, like, all of it. I feel like now Max is a lot more cautious when he's driving. And Leclerc, Leclerc also has this kind of... They're both kind of ferocious in that sense that 
Leclerc is a lot more like personality wise is a lot yeah. calmer. Yeah, yeah. But when on the racetrack he will go for it. Yeah, true. And I feel like that's the one thing I kinda missed last year with Lewis and Verstappen is Verstappen went for it. Even when he didn't have the car he went for it. Lewis did not go for it. And, and yeah, he's patient. But almost a bit too patient. Too patient, like you need to have that kind of like if you if you have a gap, you have to go for it, or you're not a racing driver. <laughs> I feel like that line has been like almost oh that line just gets used to defend the most dumbest decisions I've ever seen. But but it is right in a sense that I feel like Lewis Lewis did not take those like he could have overtaken multiple times and just be like nah, I'll wait I'll wait. Uh, fair enough, it overtakes later, but I feel like you lose that kind of sense of excitement watching the race. Yeah, no, definitely. And I feel like with this this kind of partnership, I feel like obviously if they hit each other, it's gonna go like boom, and it's gonna be way worse because they've also had that karting stuff, you know, like uh, uh, that Leclerc like funny video is like something. It's just an incident. Yeah, no, <laughs> incident. We'll, uh, incident gets quoted too much. That's uh, we'll put a link to that. Uh, that video is basically so for those who don't know, Max and Charles actually used to be karting rivals when they were like eleven years old, and this one video went viral a couple of years ago of uh, both of them arguing about something. I don't even know what it was. I think Max pushed him off the racetrack, and then, and <laughs> then Charles pushed him off afterwards. Classic Max and Charles. And then, uh, yeah, they were speaking in like a little interviews afterwards. So I can, I'll link that somewhere uh, on the YouTube. I'll put it in the YouTube description. Uh, I just... Interesting. <laughs> it's too funny. It's, I see what you mean about the whole respect thing, but like, first of all, I feel like Max can turn it on very soon. Like, I don't know why he's being different. So here, actually, uh, you know what, we'll keep going. We'll start with, okay, Max then Lewis. Max, first of all, I forgot to mention this in my list of things that made Max Verstappen different in the last race. The safety car restart, absolutely horrendous from him. It was, oh, yeah, like, yeah, it was diabolical. Beside he's, beside he's beside him, and he's trying to get in his head. Cool, perfectly fine, yeah. Like, as long as he doesn't I actually go ahead. really hate that. But... I hate it too, but as long as he doesn't go in front of him, it annoys me, but like, a fair game. The problem is, in Bahrain, first of all, he did this going into the last corner, which was completely stupid because Leclerc just went wide then had a perfect line into the corner and then pinched him so like basically Max is like right next to the he apex of the corner he completely played himself Leclerc instead of just you know weaving around or whatever he just drives off and Max completely like he baited himself by being alongside him if he went behind him it would have been fine and then I don't know I feel like he he didn't do a similar thing he didn't finesse himself as badly this time he was obviously doing the games but he didn't completely but he did Max is not as clinical, perhaps, as last year. That's probably what Yeah, does. very true. Like, the thing is, like... He, like, he got yeah. baited a few times. Bro, he's getting so much credit now. People are saying, like, oh, look at him. That's our world champion. He's so smart. Look at him. Outclassed. Okay, cool. Credit to him. He won the race. But it's taken him two races to realise that if you go into the last corner second, you get DRS and pass into turn one. Two races. And we're talking about some generational talent. Perhaps That's overconfidence is, is, is a thing. He has always been that guy to go for the overtake at the first opportunity. Like, even Abu Dhabi, last lap, instead of, you know, Lewis went really wide trying to get a good line into the exit, he just dived down the inside first opportunity. That's, it's classic Max there. But, like, you'd think at some point it would click in his head. And clearly it did this time. I think last year, like, he, he did learn to kind of, like, I think after Bahrain, he learned to kind of relax a bit because he lost that race because he didn't pick the right moment to overtake Lewis. And he yeah. went outside, had to give the position back and everything. I think this year he's, perhaps is the, uh, I don't know, he, 
he's now world champion. He's kind of, I don't know, enjoying it. He's got the more. golden boots, the exactly. golden he's, helmet. Uh, perhaps the it, perhaps that car. pushed him off his game a bit, you know, like, I don't know. That would be interesting to see. Maybe he's just getting in the rhythm of everything, you know. Maybe he's not used to the cars. Everything's so different and stuff. But then you can say the same about Lewis. Lewis with Alonso, it took him like in Hungary, took him so many laps to overtake. Oh, yeah. And he was doing the exact same thing into every lap. And Alonso said after the race, he's like, <laughs> he overtook me when he changed what he was doing. If he'd done that from the second lap, he would have won the race. Yeah. But he didn't change his tactics. And so it can take some time for them to perhaps adapt your driving style because he's used to just doing this overtaking and it's done. Now it's not. It's not necessarily the case. Yeah, you don't just overtake and drive into the sunset. Yeah, so it is interesting to see how he's going to have to kind of adapt his driving style in that sense. And I'm very interested to see like his relationship with, obviously, with Charles as the season goes on. And perhaps I think Sainz and Perez will play a very, very important role this year in terms of who wins the championship. But do you say that as like a... The way you've worded that makes it sound like they're both going to be second-hand and they're going to both be doing... You know, like underhand tactics, not underhand tactics, but they're gonna, you know, oh, pit Fair early to, to yeah, pit early to ruin Max's race or something. I don't, I don't think they'll start doing that now. I think with Red Bull, it's fairly obvious that will happen. With Ferrari, True. I don't think it's necessarily the case. I think Sainz has he's performed well, and he's yeah. performed very, very well. You have to say, like two podiums, two races, great. Uh, P two, P three, very, very good. I think there's just he's missing something with the car, like perhaps it's a because it's, it's a very different racetrack, but Leclerc is on it, and yeah. I think perhaps the car is suited. I don't know, is it suited to him more? Uh, is it because he got beaten last year by Carlos? Is that why he has that extra fire? Is able to extract a, extract a bit more from the car? Carlos has said he knows what it is, and he needs to. He knows what changes to make on the car, or what changes to make to his driving style to work on it. So I think Carlos is Carlos is not like you know someone compared. I remember uh, one of the engineers from Mercedes a few years back, short guy, uh, very little hair. You know what I'm talking about? Paddy Lowe. Uh, Who am I thinking? I think so. Uh, I don't know. Short, very little hair. That's uh, like the entire. That's every F one no, no, engineer no. I've like, ever seen. No, no, no. He's he's one of the high Mercedes ones. Uh, he was there from like. Uh, uh, no, I think it's Paddy. It's Paddy. It's Paddy. Let me get Um. So, anyways, what he he was speaking. I think it was him. He was speaking about someone asked him about um uh, the difference between yeah that's him. Someone was, someone was asking him about the difference in Nico and Lewis. Yeah. And, and I really found like what he said to be very interesting. He was like, if you put Nico in the car, if you put Lewis in the car and he goes out on track, he only needs a few laps and then he's on it and he knows what he has to do and he'll get the car there. Whereas with Nico, it's a bit different. Nico is kind of more systematic in his approach. He's not going to jump to like... Ah, uh, this is what it is. He's more like give him a thousand laps, and every lap is gonna improve, 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 until he gets there. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what the difference between the two. Of I see that in Carlos and like Carlos, he took the whole it season, but he adapted very quickly, and then he actually beat him at the end. And it's obviously with the season being twenty three races now, getting a P two and a P three, when your teammate who's leading like he's second in the championship, isn't he? And yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. He's second in a championship. He he's in a good, very good position, and he's not very far off his teammate. All he has to do is stay with him, 
and keep getting these P2s and P3s until he starts winning. Do you know what I mean? True, but here's the thing, yeah. He is second in the championship. It's 12 points. But here's my question, right? I've just kind of come up with this now. I'm just thinking, if he doesn't want to play that second driver role, and we've pretty much unanimously, everyone agrees that he's not quite got the raw talent of Charles Leclerc, is he going to have to resort to some sort of mind games? Because they seem to get along very well at the moment. But will Carlos have to, you know, like the same way you hear stories of Lewis and Nico doing things to get in each other's heads, will Carlos have to start initiating that to try and throw off Charles? I don't think, like, I think every team he's been to, he's, he's won pretty comfortably against his teammate. Like, I think he lost, like, once or something. He but would have lost to Max. Yeah. Oh, that's but I think everyone else it was his first year in F1 as well so Max was 17 though, which yeah. is a bit but it's Max but I, I think guess. after that that's what I'm saying about talent versus Carlos's he took a few years to get onto it and then he's that consistent type you don't hear about but he keeps banging out the results and this is what's important is to keep getting these P2s and P3s and no one's really realising what you do but you're adding your points up you're stacking the points up and then the wins will come and then I think once he understands how the car is working and stuff, then I think it'd be a very interesting debate because I don't think Max, it'd be kind of more a Ferrari thing up front. Right. Uh, I, I think Max will be very close and if something happens, Max will pounce and kind of take advantage. But it'd be very interesting to see, how, like, you can't really say who's an advantage until maybe mid-season. Yeah. And then yeah. you can kind of say, ah, oh. but even if it's mid-season and you got 12 points between them, it's looking race by race as well. It's yeah. looking like certain cars will be better at certain tracks. Because everything seems very sensitive at the moment. The cars seem very track dependent. The tyres seem to have a very specific window you need to get them in. Especially with the new heating rules. For those exactly, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of weird stuff. Like certain people were saying the old sets were better than the new sets for like some cars. I think it was... I actually heard... What was it? I, it might have been Aston Martin. I don't know which team, but they went out... Oh my God. They went out in practice... And they scrubbed all of their sets of tyres, so they just did like a couple laps on each of them just to make them slightly used because the drivers said they preferred it that way. So it's interesting to see them resort to that kind of stuff, and the tyres still play a huge role in F1, but I don't know, it's looking like... I think it's also because the expected. teams don't really know the aerodynamically what's really happening until That's you're on true. the racetrack. Obviously, with different setups going to races where it's not necessarily clear what you're doing because like Jensen Button was talking about how he he ran a very he ran a high downforce wing rear wing in Monza of all the places a few years back and he was defending from Alonso I think and he, I think he won the race he ended up winning the race but um, it's interesting because you're vulnerable across the straight yeah but you get the benefit into every single corner because you can break later yeah and so Ferrari went with a similar thing uh, it was just the DRS was perhaps too powerful and yeah. like the strategy was not like, like they could, I think they could have done a bit better with the strategy but it's interesting seeing these small things of it's not just the car it's also teams are going different ways with setup with I think I was very concerned with the, the, them tightening the rules that become kind of like indie car spec series essentially yeah but the cars are so different and it's very interesting to see like Hopefully the teams that are kind of at the back now start to understand what's the issue and start to pick up the pace. Because then it would be the case where every race, you don't know who's going to be out in Q1, who's going to be out in Q2. And it's kind of like this fierce thing. 
obviously with Mercedes in the mix as well, the only people who are really safe are top four. So it makes yeah. it a very interesting kind of battle. Do you, well, speaking of Ferrari as well, just quickly, uh, a lot of people gave them credit for the bluff on Perez, well, on Red Bull being like, oh, okay, let's go, come in. And then they just didn't. I, I really don't buy that. Like, I, they sort of did bluff them, but they got so lucky with the Latifi crash, which was perfect timing it, for them, honestly. Is it, is it just luck, or did they order him? Crash into the wall. Here's my tweet of the week here. Where is it? Hold on. You ready? Yes. Uh, there we go. Oh, I have to zoom in. Latifi, Latifi is an FIA industry uh, plant. They've hired him for entertainment purposes. They were Niran, that friend of, he's part of like Team Quadrant. The oh team, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's an FIA industry plant. They've definitely hired him. So that's two races now. Whoops, is it not going to go right? Yeah, it's Perez, oh. you have to zoom out. Perez and Lewis. Maybe Max is next. In terms of, yeah, in terms of races he's ruined. Because he's, he crashed out in Abu Dhabi. Did he crash out in Bahrain? I actually don't know. I don't think he did. He finished the race. I just checked earlier. But then he qualified. He, no, he crashed in qualifying, I swear. Uh, I think so. I'm but pretty he sure he crashed, it, crashed in he qualifying. He crashed, but he finished, I think. Something like that. And then he crashed in uh, in the race as well. So that's Latifi bidding it in the wall a lot. Not it's great It's a bit stuff, weird this year. Like, I thought he'd pick it up and be good. Williams are surprisingly very bad this year. Yeah, they're one of only two teams that haven't got points, the other one being Aston Martin. Surprising. That's a very, very, very surprising fact, you know. Especially this early on. It shows how kind of competitive everyone is. People were expecting them to be the kind of Haas, like where Haas are now kind of thing. But, it's yeah, it's clearly not worked out for them. But Williams. Yeah, Williams. I thought, they'd be, I thought they'd be that good. Yeah, I thought they would be as well, to be honest. Yeah. But. but then with Yacht's uh, capital there and stuff, I think they'll probably pick up. But it'll be interesting who, who falls back because someone has to go to the back of the grid. Everyone's like, I think this person would be good, this person would be good, but someone had to drop to the back of the grid. Mm. Obviously I thought Williams. it would be Alpine, clearly not. It's Aston. Yeah. Oh. But anyways, oh. other than them two... Uh, I think the next the next thing we have to talk about is the um, Alpine battle. Or, oh, before yeah. we touch on that, we can touch on reliability issues with the engines this far this season. In the first race, we had two DNFs. Uh, sorry, three, three. three DNFs from an engine failure uh, for Red Bull. It was Red Bull, uh, Red Bull powertrains. And then we had one Mercedes this time and one Alpine this time. So it is very interesting to see like these kind of inconsistencies or uh, the failures with the engines and stuff. Yeah, because it, um, it just seemed like they all retired at the same time. It was so exactly weird. isn't people it? Were comparing has, it to Bottas retired as well. I'm not sure if he retired. I think it's an engine thing as well. Yeah, so Bottas retired. Then out. So uh, that's a Ferrari retired. as well. It was mad, yeah. It all just ha- and the worst part, yeah. Like I said, it all happened around the same time, which was just so. So strange. that's that's someone from every every like. Engine manufacturer has had didn't someone start, who's retired. Start. Yeah, 13 people finished. So Latifi crashed, obviously. Ricardo, that's his Mercedes engine gone. Alonso and Bottas. Bottas gone as well. And then uh, Albon crashed into Stroll. Yeah. yeah. Who would you actually, interestingly, I know it's not really a huge point, but Albon, like this is, I really don't get it. So Albon dives down the inside of Stroll. 
Stroll turns in on him, Albon got the penalty. It, in my head, it doesn't make sense. Like, realistically, if Stroll had the spatial awareness in the car of someone like Lewis or Fernando, or Kimi back in the day, someone like that, they would have seen him coming and moved out of the way. Either he didn't see him coming, and he doesn't have incredible racing IQ, or he saw him coming, turned it on purpose, and then said, oh, he he why is he there? He shouldn't be there. Why is he dive-bombing me? And the FI said, yeah, he shouldn't do that penalty. Personally, I think that's his fault. Like, yeah, Lance is at fault for everything, bro. <laughs> I agree. Lewis finished P10. That's surprising. Yeah, so... forgot about So, that. Lewis, here's... So, he got very lucky with the safety car initially, and he gained a lot of positions there. Him and, and Kevin were having a the similar thing. This, the virtual safety car, interestingly. So, actually, when you mentioned this before about him, I was going to oh, say yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. When he was not being proactive or something about working all of this. The, the virtual safety car comes out and he's in the final sector and he gets told to box. I don't think he heard it. Then he goes around the but final But he couldn't corner. have boxed any of this because Ricardo was basically blocking the entrance. The, the pit lane was actually open at the time. Mm. So Kevin actually I know because after I heard his radio call when he was going into turn one and he was like too that's late. That's the one they showed. So that's the one they showed. So initially he got told to box as he was going through the final few corners. I don't think he heard it. He never responded. I don't know. I listened to the radios. And then he goes round, and you could argue is if he was being proactive and he saw there were no signs about the uh, the pit lane being closed, he obviously saw Ricardo's car being parked there. But if the signs don't say that the pit lane's closed, he could have come in and just pitted anyway, knowing his team would be out. He didn't, maybe because he's got flashbacks to Monza in 2020, I think it was, when he pitted, but the pit lane was closed, and then he got like a... Stop a go where he got some sort of penalty for it, and that's what gifted Gasly the win at the time. I think it was. He didn't pit the team, then tell him to box as he's gone past the line, and then he said it's too late. But like, he could have just come in anyway, to be honest. Like, I'm not sure why. And then his race was kind of screwed from that point. Yeah, from that point on, he was gone. And Kevin Magnussen was it's interesting because Kevin, Kevin Magnussen actually stopped, so I'm not sure why he was. That's Kevin stopped after him. I didn't hear his radios, but mm. he just went. I, I was just, I was, I was a bit confused with that. He was a bit strange. And then after that lap, they closed the pit lane so no one could pit until it, all of it had been cleared. So, yeah, I was gonna so mention something else, but I forgot. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Max gained like four point. Max lost, sorry, under the VSC because the deltas are a bit different from what I understand. Max, Max lost. 4.4 seconds to Leclerc. And, See, I wanted to ask you about this because all the tweets I saw when I was scrolling through it, I just... The opposite. He so I heard... No, no, well, he no in my head, I was I was kind of zoned out at this point. I kind of not really fell asleep, but just kind of... I am falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I... I'm not I'm bored just, that I just not... haven't slept all day. <laughs> this guy, a master student. Basically, yeah. I was... um. Yeah, so I see this, the VSC's ending, and then suddenly, you know, I look away from my screen, I look back, and Max is right behind Charles. And I was so confused, because I assumed there was quite a good gap you between them beforehand. Asleep, so <laughs> so I, I checked Twitter, and I searched, like, Max gaining under VSC. I'm seeing, how did Max gain four seconds? How did Max gain two seconds? He how was one Max and gain? a half behind Leclerc, and then uh, he lost four. He lost, actually. 
he didn't gain, he lost. He was at one and a half, and then by the end of the VSC, he was like 4.4 behind, something like that. How did he gain that? He lost back. it. He no, but how did he gain it back afterwards? I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's like 10 kilometers quicker on the straight. Uh, yeah, so the Red Bull he, is surprisingly spots, uh, quick yeah. on the straights, which is... So that, that is something. Um, surprising. Um, George Russell has been consistent. Nothing, nothing really special, but consistent. He doesn't really have the car, to be honest. But he's he there is. in case something goes very wrong. Yeah, do you know he did what he was supposed to do. Yes. No one's really mentioned him, but he's he's doing what he was meant to, which is all right. It's good. For I him. think he he also out qualified Lewis, uh, out raced Lewis. So it's interesting to see who's gonna have like Lewis doesn't seem to be like the Lewis we know. Like, no, I'm George, George, right. bro, he was laughing. No, 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 I mean, uh, I, mean uh, I mean in the sense that Lewis never stayed in a team where they were actually, like, fighting in the midfield, like, this McLaren. But he didn't really stay, like, <laughs> like, what's his name? He was at the back of the grid for a long time. So I think yeah. moving up the grid to the midfield, like, oh, this is not bad, you know. Whereas <laughs> Lewis, obviously, for him, this is, like, catastrophic. Oh, no, yeah, of course, yeah. So, like, I think, obviously, it's probably mentally hurting loose a lot there was actually a clip of him at the end obviously now f1 everyone's got f1 tv they can see the onboards of all the cars and they don't shut them off until quite after the race so you can see him get out of the car and he just kind of leans against this wall just kind of looking a bit deflated like i don't know if you hear his radio at the end he actually asked if 10th even gets points like they said okay well done lewis you finished 10th or whatever unlucky he was like yeah tough day at the office do they even hand out points for that position (laughs) he didn't even know yeah, I think that's, it's obviously, it's, I don't think, like, mentally it's probably playing on him a lot. And that's why I think George will probably be able to cope with it a lot more because he's used to, from the last three years of being last. So <laughs> this for him is like coming still P4, P5 is still a lot better. Yeah. And he, I think he, he kept up after the safety car, the second one, I think, is it two? Yeah, two. After the second yeah. one, he kept fairly close with the Red Bulls. Like, I was impressed he was like, by the end, it's like 8 seconds or 10 seconds behind, which is okay, not too bad. Respect. But the Mercedes are losing so much time. Here's the thing. Do you actually buy the whole, ah, you know, give us a couple races, give us Imola, we'll, we'll sort the problem, it's fine. What, powertrain issue? We're not even going to mention that. I don't think about bad, But, you know, give us a few races, we'll have all of it solved, and then without these problems, we'll be 20 seconds up the field of everyone like normal. I don't think they'll gain that big of an advantage, first of all. And the second thing is, I don't think they'll... I think they could perhaps solve the aerodynamic stuff. Yeah. Like, they're losing a lot of time because of the bouncing stuff. If they sort that out, they will gain a lot of time. The powertrain stuff, I don't know, is it... I think the issue Toto is speaking about is too heavy. Um, and it's affecting the balance of the car because it's very heavy at the back. So... I really don't know how they can fix that. Like, how much would they actually gain, though? Because, like, I don't no, know. No, obviously, a kilo, uh, one kilo of weight uh, over... No, even then, but if they fix the aero stuff, a lot of people are, oh, you know, if they're fourth right now, or fourth fastest, or third fastest, uh, like, it right might, now, with all these not, issues, it fix not. the issues, they've got to be, like, you know, really I quick. don't think I don't think it would be the jump from, like, fourth or third fastest to, like, they're winning a race. But I think it would be kind of chipping away at those eight seconds you know right. they're, they're losing a second per lap okay now we're losing like three quarters of a second, half a second 
project. That's okay. Yeah, you're such an engineer. That's such an that, engineer. That's 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 kind of because you're not gonna gain like a second a lap in. in yeah, no, of course, because the way everyone's describing it's it is like, like, like oh, the arrow gets fixed and then they win four races in a row because that's how life works. Like, it's. it's they won't sure, see that I, big I really want to believe it as well. That's the problem. The thing is. I think even the engineers are a bit confused because what people don't understand is the philosophy of this car is different to pretty much every Formula One car that came before. The Formula One cars that came before were, let's say, fairly similar. Like, they were different, but kind of in the same realm of kind of stuff. Yeah. This is like the way they're generating downforce now is so different. And now you're getting issues because of the ways, like, because of the way you generate, like, ground effect. You're getting the bouncing and now you have to remove the bouncing but if you remove the bouncing how about you just remove some of the, the ground effect you move, this is the balancing act of trying to get as much downforce as possible without incurring the bouncing stuff yeah because you end up losing so much time and grip and stuff so it's a it's a balancing it's a kind of very delicate act of balancing this with this I and it's a very engineering so. thing. It is like, I hate trade-offs. Whenever my lecturers say the word trade-off, I actually... Just, I actually really enjoy that. I trade-off leaving the lecture and going to sleep. Like, this, it's just such a better decision at that point. I hate trade-offs with a passion. But, like, to be fair, I did hear this one thing about how, like, beforehand, quite a few years in a row, Mercedes would produce... They call it, like, a diva car, where it's... Like, the setup window for the car is really small. So if you get the setup right, it's incredibly fast. If you get the setup wrong, it's really slow. But they learn how to adapt with it. Like, you know, 2021, they obviously had the tough car. I think, was it 17? One of the years, the the Mercedes was... They called it a diva, like, the entire year, even in articles and stuff. It might have been the 17 car. It might have been the 19 car. But that was quite dominant. Probably. It might have been 17 or 18, actually. I'm not sure. But, like, they're known to have these things. So, clearly, they're experienced in dealing with a diva car seeing as they keep producing them. But I guess the difference is from this year, not only is it much worse, or it seems much it's worse, they also it. don't have the power unit to hide that issue. Exactly. Like, beforehand, thing, beforehand, they could produce a diva, but if they're going, like, 60 miles an hour faster than everyone else down the straights, then it doesn't matter. And then Lewis still wins by 20 seconds, and it all looks good. But I think the power unit is very, very surprising. The excuse me, the effect is very surprising. I think also what's surprising is the fact that we're getting a lot of engine issues this early on. Like it's every true. manufacturer has had Red Bull has had like quite a lot, like three first race, uh, Tsunoda this race, and then Mercedes had one, Ferrari one, Alpine one. It's interesting. Um McLaren have improved. We haven't really spoken about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They qualified like 11th and 12th before yeah. Ricardo they got, got a also, penalty. They also got points. Uh, Lando got six points. Decent. It's good uh, to see. Yeah, so that's like, what, seventh. Okay. Um, so so I, think, I think McLaren are at that point where they fixed their brake issues. But Lando is saying that the issue isn't really the bouncing is... I think they they don't have enough grip going into the corner, so they're losing a lot of time because they have to really slow down and, you know, kind of fight the car to get around the corner. Yeah. But obviously, even with that, they're still able to get some points. So I think, obviously, like, we're used to kind of small fixes, you know, from race to race, you get a lot of fixes and stuff. Whereas with this, is going to be like a few races for people to come with significant upgrades. 
and it'll be significant upgrades. Like I wouldn't be surprised if you see like someone going from like Mercedes are way off to maybe George or Lewis say fighting with Perez and Sainz maybe. I don't think they'll fight with Verstappen and Leclerc maybe. Not the but one then upgrade, those yeah. two guys are like a bit behind, you know, like 0.2 behind or whatever. So they can fight perhaps with those rather than like the two front. You want to talk about fantasy and how I destroyed <laughs> you this week? Here we go. All right. Well, okay, so what we're going to do now is get onto the predictions segment. We're going to do this now, even though the next race is in uh, Australia in two weeks. But what we're going to do is we've just finished a live show, which was predictions-based, with the Girls in Pole Position, which is another podcast here at the university. So we're going to post that. It's going to be audio only, and that's going to come out next week. So if you're, you know, if you like watching YouTube or whatever... Check us out on the audio platforms. We'll put that out on there. Probably, like, next Monday. Um, yeah, so we'll do predictions for Australia now. So that... You want to go through last week's week. prediction? But just first, we have to start with... No, yeah, for week. fantasy, I'm, like, 200 points in front of him. Just, just FYI. Yeah, okay. So, also, okay, we'll start with the fantasy team. You are now incredibly clear of everyone in our league. We also have a like a university league with the radio people. Uh, you um, would be... You're not in it, but you would be top of that as well. There's 19 people in that one. There are nine in ours now. So if you want to join, I'm going to put the link or the code, whatever, in the description of the YouTube and the audio stuff as well this time. And if you've been playing, like, you please still join. get the points. So yes, you, you yeah. don't go to the back. If you've been playing, you still... Uh, You'll still get the points for those weeks, so you're not gonna be like very far at the back or like zero points, and everyone's like four hundred. And yeah, the points you've got on your team right now will be the points that carry over into your league, no matter when you join it. So, yeah. join us to make sure Yusuf doesn't win because it's looking like he's definitely gonna win. I'm currently fifth. Also, if one more person joins, I can finally change the picture from the stock images, so we can actually have the logo as the picture, which would be nice. Anyway, yeah. So, how many points do you have? The bottom place has 271. I have 308 in fifth. And top is Yusuf with 489, which is a ridiculous number, to be honest. I kind of, out of pride, didn't want to take Lewis Hamilton out of my team, but I've, I've had to do it this time. I really didn't want to, but it had to be done. Sacrifices have to be made. I will go home and cry about it. So I think they've right, done better in like, the actual predictions. Maybe. Okay, let's see. So, Saudi Arabia will start off with qualifying. The top three in quality, you said Max would get pole. No. Leclerc second, Science third. Yes. Yes. I said Max, Carlos, yes. Leclerc. So, yes. no. I should have known that he... Oh, I fully, like... One nil, one nil. The day before qualifying, okay. I fully... I and then like, top three in the race. You said Charles, Max, Carlos. So, wrong around. I said Max, Leclerc, Carlos. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Race was... Oh, why did I do fastest laps? Wait a sec. That's right, though, isn't it? Yeah. And who got... Uh, did Max get driver so, of the day? I actually don't know. Who got driver of the day? Technical issues. Who will be with you? You've got a guess? A You've got a guess? Leclerc. It was Charles. Yes! No, that's you! That's yes! You. Oh, Max won, bro. Max won. How's he... 
Are you uh-huh. sure though? Are you sure? It is, it is, it is him. Driver of the day, Leclerc gets your vote for stirring yes. Saudi show. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So so wait, you win you win the race, you got two points for the race, I got two points for qualifying, I got driver of the day. So you're winning three two at the moment. And then this. DNFs So it all depends on DNFs. I'm still winning. So technically there's there's Yeah, Schumacher two. doesn't count. Neither does Sonoda. It's yeah. come up as a DNS. Yeah. So we've got one, two, three, four, five. Oh my god! Oh. Yes! One, he one, bro. I went with three, he's gone with five, and he's got it. So that means it's. Four, two, I win. It is one all. So, yeah, I won in Bahrain, which means it's now one all. Yusuf has clawed it back. So, I have a season over you. Literally. Shut up, man. Stop mentioning. No one cares. It was like four races. I still won. I Shut destroyed up. you, bro. I have camera evidence of this. It's all on the <laughs> internet, bro. It's all online, man. Your embarrassment. <laughs> bro, it's one all, man. Don't talk too much. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Let's do Australia, then. Australia, who are you going? You do, you start, I always start with my predictions first. So you, what do you, you mean? You predict you, first. You go on the thing. Uh, no. Um... I should have really set this up beforehand, but it's fine. Who who am I going with uh, in quality? Let me think, let me think, let me think. See, Australia is different this year, so I'm not actually sure. True, they have changed it. Um, what are we saying? Right, quality top three, what do you reckon? There's a week in between as well, so if any teams come with upgrades... Yeah, but no, it won't be that significant. It'll still be they won't be huge, round. so it's going to be between the top four, but, you know... I'm guessing it's going to be, um, see, I'm, I'm kind of between Charles, Max, Carlos, or, or oh. like switch Max and Charles. Interesting. I mean, they have shared, uh, actually, no, to be fair, Perez was, he just got pole, so mm. he could be involved. Nah. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Charles, Max, uh, Carlos, Charles, Max, Carlos. Okay. I, a part of me kind of wants to back. Right, so Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz. Same, same for the race. Oh, well, the race will be the same as well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I actually know that's it's a fair point. I kind of feel like oh, I kind of want to go left field with this. I do kind of want to go left field. Just go crazy, bro. Lose Not with qualifying. I feel like with the race, yeah. I feel like there'll Lose be a weird win. podium. Lose I feel win. like there'll be a weird podium. Put, put Carlos Sainz no no Carlos Sainz will actually win just Gasly mm. no 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 just that weird right, person hold on, hold on, you always used to go with what's his name I used to go with Sainz yeah, exactly. that was my one so, so, so go with Gasly now Bottas Bottas Max Carlos I'm gonna go Max Perez Charles. no Max Charles sorry and then Perez oh interesting and then for the race I'm gonna go with Oh, no. Oh, this is so hard, man. Uh, Carlos. No, uh, I keep saying Carlos. Charles, Charles. Charles Max. Perez. I, I really want to say George. Why do I want to say George? You just say George, then. Why do I want to say George Russell so say bad? George Russell. I would be impressed if you, if you actually get Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz. Okay. So, uh, our, our quality is a bit different. I'm uh, driver of the day, Charles. Oh, is that? Oh, I didn't realise that's your top three as well. Okay, that's well. We'll just copy it to Use keep it one one. Charles, Charles, Charles. <laughs> okay, Charles, okay. I will have to go. Yeah, it's Charles. It's going to be Charles. Yeah, yeah. And DNFs, I'm going with five. Five? Oh, okay. Actually, no, no, no. Four, 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 four. four. Five, five is a bit extreme. <laughs> four. Mm. One, go with one. I'm going three. 
I mean, it doesn't. Do we give it to who's closer? We haven't done this. Yet. We'll decide on the date. If 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 it's like if it's three, you get it. If it's four, I get it. If yeah, it's, but if it's two, if it's two, we both get zero. If it's two, do I? And then if it's five, no, we both get it's zero. Not like I think five. it's just zero. Yeah, cool. Because okay. last time, last time we both didn't get it, and so we both got zero. That's how Makes it is. Anyways, right. it's good stuff. Uh, wrap it up here. Yeah, that's it. You forgot what an outro is last time, so I'll do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the outro. Thank oh, you guys thanks. for listening. I'll <laughs> see you next week.